I, I, and I think we're live. We are live, guys. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to the channel. Uh, I do apologize for being a few minutes late. I, I uh, timing and everything. I was setting everything up on the main, on the main computer back there, and then of course, before remembering it, I realized that nope, the live stream has to come up from the other side. So I had to shut down everything and reboot and hold a bunch of different things and get everything set up. Um, hopefully the video, the feed, as well as the audio sound pretty good. Good morning. Uh, I see Davin Davis is in there. Sabah, I hope you're doing well. Greg is hanging out with us as well. Uh, and of course, one of our Arabic friends, uh, and I can tell you, to anybody, everybody and everybody and anybody. Um, and of course, Ghostfaced as well. Uh, good morning. Sabah, let me see who else is in there as well. Um, Ranesh, Ranesh is in there as well with us. Good morning. Lani is in there. Hey, Lani, hope you're doing well. I uh, haven't seen you in, in the live stream for some time. Um, uh, nice. <laughs> May get a Pixel 6 day. Hey, Davin, yay, congrats, man. Um, hope you get it. Well, I mean, if you do end up picking it up, uh, congratulations and uh, make sure to update everything before you start using it so that the entire experience, as you can imagine, with the January update is a much better experience had you just picked it up and started doing some things. I guess uh, the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro have both received the January uh, update a little bit, a couple of days early. Um, and one of the biggest things, obviously, is a, a fingerprint sensor update, uh, as well as some of the uh, cra app crashes and some of the experiences that people were concerned about have been fixed. Um, uh <laughs> and of course leave it the leave it the greg to to ins uh, to get the uh, pixel 6 pro rom running on the one plus eight um and that basically gives you the best way to actually kind of enjoy the best of pixel and the best of one plus at the same time and we are going to talk about one plus today uh some interesting conversations coming up around one plus and what's going on um sorry i haven't been around much uh i've been doing a lot of hardware repairs uh no man again we all have things to do uh this Earlier time for the podcast on Saturday, which seems like it should normally be an easy thing for me to do, uh, it's quite a bit early. It's an hour and a half earlier than what I typically usually do the the, the Saturday morning with tech, uh, you know, show. So for the Android Bay, I wanted to be more consistent, a little bit more kind of like Juan uh, at the 9 a.m. because it starts at a good morning portion and just kind of carries over. I just need to get into that earlier, slightly earlier routine. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, congrats again. Uh, and of course, uh, as usual, now we know what Greg is running this week, so we don't have to work through that question. Um, he's going to be trading. So he's going to be trading in his Pixel 5. I just finished uh, repairing it, uh, which I think it's a good deal. Uh, the Pixel 5 is a is a good, solid uh, performer from uh, from Pixel from Google last year. Uh, but it, it kept us kind of like missing that flagship experience. It was really more of a mid-ranger, but it was definitely held on its own. The sex, uh, the... The 765 is actually really good as a processor. And one of the main benefits there is the fact that you get some of the flagship performances, but with the battery savings of a mid-range processor. So definitely a really good uh, follow-up there. And actually, I'm interested to see what Qualcomm is going to do for the mid-range series this year. Uh, they've already showcased the 8 Gen 1, which is what they typically do. They'll start the year with the flagship, the 8 Gen 1 or the 888 last year. And then, of course, it takes a little bit before we start seeing the variants of the the eight, uh, the seven series. Last year we had like a 780, uh, 765 still actually made it to a few devices, so it wasn't necessarily all the way gone. Uh, we even had the 870 last year, which was a continuation of the 865. So last year was a little bit of a mixed bag. I don't know if the 865 plus plus, which is the 870, is going to continue into 2022. Uh, now I will say that though. Obviously, this phone was announced and released in 2022 by Realme, running on the brand new, well, on the 870 from Qualcomm. 
but you have to understand that this is a variant of an existing um, Realme. So this is the Realme GT GT Neo 2 um, in Dragon Ball Z edition. So it's a it's a custom edition, China released only, but it, uh, it definitely works here um, it, for us here in the U.S. Sorry, I, apparently it needed me because I restarted the phone. Um, and of course, it just looks absolutely great. You get some of the main benefits of Dragon Ball. You get the skin, the texture, the color, um, everything for any any Dragon Ball fan. And I pushed the video out for that this week as well. Uh, Greg, Jimmy Fire Dragon. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. Uh, Donald Lazino. Hey, man. Good morning. Good morning. Sabaho, everybody. Uh, and of course, uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark Saad. Ahlan wa sahlan, Mark. Hope you're doing good. Habib, ahlan. Assalamu alaikum sabaho. Uh, grounded tech then the man himself uh sounding good mate uh, I'm, I'm out at the moment but always seems to be the case on saturday <laughs> late hope as well uh you know what man it always happens that way right we always plan it it does end up being this way um and i do hope you do find uh, some more challenging games i saw your tweet earlier this morning i was uh, i was you know perusing um <laughs> I gotta work on my notifications here. I gotta uh, either lower the volume or do something. Uh, but yes, the the biggest thing, obviously, I would say is hopefully you do find uh, find a new game and, and things are doing good. Finn Jacobs, good morning, Sabaho man. Hope you're doing well. Oh man, everybody's in the chat today. <laughs> oh man, okay. And then uh, Juan would like uh, New York <laughs> New York LG projects uh, fitting a broken LG V35 into a V30. Uh, body black screen with silver buttons and silver power button that would be his that would be his custom dream phone i think if we had to, if there was a phone to be made for juan where i feel like this one um is is basically the 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 embodiment of everything i ever wanted in a phone and it's, I, you have to understand a phone experience is very much based on the user whoever's using the phone that's how the phone experience is going to be we can generalize we can give experiences we can give our own personal experiences to others but at the end of the day depending on how you use your phone is to what's going to make that phone great this is not the most powerful phone this is not the most powerful cameras but it's not what that, that's not what this phone is meaning for me what, what it means for me is a combination of two things it has actually pretty decent experience. The 870, although a couple of years old, I don't think it's. we should not be shrugging this off as a mid-ranger or it's not a flagship. This is absolutely a flagship smart phone. This is an absolutely a, a flagship uh, SoC from Qualcomm, and it still provides us the capabilities of enjoying all of the games that are on the market right now. Reality is the 888 or the Gen one for the most part, will only outperform this version or this SoC by in certain scenarios and a very small number. It's not that far off. So yeah, a couple of year old processor still. And technically the 870, if we have to be realistic, is technically a 2021 edition uh, processor because that's when uh, Qualcomm released it. It didn't release it at the 865. So even there, we're only really talking about a year old SOC uh, SKU, uh, basically, or, or an, uh, an item. Um, oh, man. So yeah, uh, Dan, absolutely, man. The thing about the phone is in, in pictures, it looks great. In hand, it looks even better. Uh, for me, this is, I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is obviously a collector's piece. This is a piece that I will never, like after, if I have to sell everything, this will be the last thing I sell because this is how much this phone means to me. Um, the culmination of the two ecosystems that I pr truly believe and I really I'm a big fan of is what makes me very excited. And every time I hold this phone, I'm really excited. It's just this is that I don't know how to explain it. It's like, um, OK, so the best way I can describe it is this uh, getting getting a chance to pick up a toy that you played with as a child that was your favorite, but you lost as a child. 
have that idea in your mind of try to remember back when you were a kid, a younger child, and you had a toy that you probably were so crazy about that you lost and you remember that sadness from it. Getting it back, that's the excitement that I'm getting. I feel like that nostalgic, um, going back to like really good old, uh, good old, uh, you know, feelings and memories and so on. Because keep in mind, really, uh, this is the Dragon Ball Z edition, not the Dragon Ball Super. So this is going back to the Z saga. Um, one of the things I really liked about the box, which, again, that was the other thing that I feel like really nailed out of the box. Well, not out of the box. <laughs> they nailed the box. No, uh, was this part. You actually see all of the different sagas built into Dragon Ball Z. You have the Boo Saga, you have the Cell Saga, obviously Free, uh, Frieza in there. And of course you had Vegeta when Vegeta first uh, started, you know, landed. So you're getting the different experiences from different point of views. And that's what really makes this phone. It's, it's not just the phone, it's the box. Uh, and it's what comes in the box, stickers and a whole bunch of different things. Um, Ash is in there, isn't it? Uh, oh, and also, uh, hi from the UK. Hope everybody is doing well. Yes, man. Hope you're doing well as well. Chemi's in the chat. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Chemi will always jump on me on this and always make sure to say this. Okay. As I said, the one plus, <laughs> the one punch man is the one I would like to get. Uh, now that Sony has uh, the rights for the movie, maybe an Xperia one punch man. You never know. I honestly don't, uh, we, we, I would not be surprised if there is ever a collaboration between the two. Uh, because if you really think about it, that One Punch Man is also uh, very much a big manga as well. A big, uh, There's a big arc for it. Uh, and I'm, as much as I'm a, I am a big fan of the manga, I wasn't really very much into it. But I've always done that in some of my older videos, if you probably watched them. Whenever I do the Netflix part where I show the screen playing a movie, for a while I was actually just showing One Punch Man specifically because of Chemi. Uh, and it's because I feel like, you know, Dragon Ball is always my favorite for people to always see it as the wallpaper. So why not show some there? And then now lately, obviously, we're doing some Demon Slayer, as that was also one of my son's favorites. So I always like to keep a little bit of anime kind of going on. And um, surprisingly, actually, that was one thing. Uh, so um, Call of Duty this week dropped a new skin pack from Attack on Titan. So if you're familiar with the show, if you've ever watched it, um, you probably are familiar with the characters. And so it was actually a nice little collaboration between Activision and uh, basically, you know, uh, just showing showing that that story. Um, it, it, the skin is actually pretty decent, the sword, uh, and then we don't get any of the launchers. I was hoping for those uh, because that would have been totally fine. Like when you're running after somebody and you're trying to shoot and you can launch and you can actually jump over, the mechanics there obviously would be impossible for this uh, for the way the structure of this game is set up but um that would have been very nice uh won't be able to uh, <laughs> jimmy don't worry about it man hope you're doing great uh but yeah ground attack <laughs> dan um yeah the uk is definitely representing uh, and i'm sure i'm sure we'll have way more we'll also have some more uh, uh some some more uk brethrens uh joining us on the show um but let's start off by talking a little bit about this week um this week has been an interesting week. Uh, January in general is a very interesting month. It's becoming because it's come. It comes right after a couple of massive uh, high, top, uh, top. I got like them. They're not let's say tops, but like basically like very busy months. And we'll start off with the first gulp. Sorry, I, I know I was probably talking at a mile minute there. But um, December is a very busy month. There's a, basically a lot of viewers, a lot of people watch the content and so on and do a lot of things. And then you get CES, which also has its own little bubble, kind of like kind of goes right after December. But it's a smaller bubble because not everybody watches CES. And then you get the weeks after, which is essentially where the system and the algorithm and everything kind of has to normalize. 
demand is not so high, content doesn't get the views. And although I enjoyed creating and putting the video out for the Dragon Ball Z edition, I realized I wasn't the first. So therefore, the algorithm doesn't believe that I am worth it. And my video is a little bit longer. I cover a few more things than some of the other people just showing the colors on the phone. Um, and, and this is something that I need to kind of reevaluate because over and over, I, I realize videos like these only make sense when the phone is just announced. And I understand that. Obviously, there's a big demand. People love to watch it. Um, but what I felt like this week, realistically, with every video that I pushed out is that the algorithm just keeps telling me, dude, we don't like you. And it's a very weird approach to creators because you're not getting, um, you don't get verbal feedback, right? You just get basically the response of how people are responding to it. And I don't think actually everybody got to see every the videos that I pushed out. I was originally planning on pushing out another video on the S21 FE cases this week on Friday. And then I could just basically there was no point for that because even the main video for it didn't even make sense. Um, so long story long, uh, January is a messed up month. It takes a little bit of time for us to regulate and to get back into the groove of things. Um, and then that for that reason, I think I should have just slowed it down. I didn't really need to go full three, four videos uh, this week where I typically like to do just two. So I, I do. I, I'm sorry. I mean, kind of like in the long way of explaining it, um, the current situation is a regulation. It needs to kind of normalize. Um, but I have been playing with some really cool things that hopefully I'll be able to share with you guys very, very soon. Um, I'll say this. Uh, right next to the the obviously the Dragon Ball Z phone, um, <laughs> Juan's phone, uh, the Vivo V uh, the Vivo X70 Pro Plus has been seriously like from the moment I got the phone from Juan to this day I've been using it on the daily like this phone for some reason and I'm not using it as a phone I do want to be very clear about this um, this phone for me represents a camera system a camera ecosystem and a UI element obviously using Front Touch. Uh, UI, but it's mostly a camera system. The cameras on the back, the cameras on the camera on the front, the microphones, the speakers, all of the things that I typically rely on to create content are very much present here. Um, there's a video that I'm going to be pushing out, hopefully in the near future, that you're going to see that was entirely shot on this. Video was shot straight here in 4K 60 frames per second, um, like 30 minutes at one time uh, of a clip, and I was able to shoot that without any issues, any overheating, like things like that. So I've been really very excited about that phone and of course, all the other things that are going on. Um, oh, fun, Windows 11. <laughs> yeah, uh, today's my first time. Uh, oh, hold on. So Finn, Finn is jumping in on real quick. He's saying today's my first time trying out Windows 11. Um, I like it more than Windows 10. I understand people's frustration, but don't agree with most of it. Uh, I'll be, you know, I'm with you on that. Um, I was a little bit reluctant going into Windows 11, uh, mostly because of that TPM uh, issue that they had on desktop uh, laptops because I needed to update my motherboard to support that function. I mean, it was there, it just wasn't activated. Um, actually, you know what, I'm not, I'm not disappointed with it. I like Windows 11, it, essentially it's a, it's a, the best way to say it, it's, it's a spec bump on Windows 10. Visually, it's a little bit different, not very. Uh, the placement of the, uh, the home, the, the menu, I think for me, I'm still trying to get used to it. Um, on a laptop, it makes perfect sense. The display is very, you know, 16 by 9 uh, type of an aspect ratio here, 15.6 inch display. But on my 49 inch display where my monitor is literally that big and then the, um, uh, the power menu is really like right there in the middle, that's a little bit off. And I feel like for those, I feel like we need to have a little bit better options. And I know there are skins and there are certain things that you could do to replace it. Now, 
I do have two monitors. I don't want to use the top one as my main. I always use the bottom one because sometimes I actually don't turn on the top monitor. Um, so that was one of the things that I kind of excited, but I'm with you. Yeah, Windows 11 so far has been working great. Uh, gaming, editing videos and everything seems to be working for me very nicely. And we're getting obviously more patches and updates and so on as they as we go through. So it hasn't been really a big issue for me. So coming back a little bit with the Vivo X70 Pro Plus, um, I'm... <sighs> I'm actually seriously considering trying to pick up a secondhand version of this phone because I like the camera so much. Um, it's it's hard for us to find good camera systems that work in different experiences, low light, um, you know, the control functionality. I mean, without the obviously without going back to an, uh, let's say a V60 or so on, which I don't mind. Don't get me wrong, the V60 is still a very good performer. I just find that the X70 Pro Plus just does so much better, especially when you jump into manual mode and you're able to really hone in and zoom, you know get that that shot that you're trying to get. Um, so for me, it, this is going to be very hard uh, giving that phone back to Juan, and I know how much he loves it, and uh, I really appreciate how much um, he allowed me to be able to use that. Uh, the other thing that's part of the challenge as well, as you guys know, we have the uh, Duo 2. Uh, there's been a few things obviously going on, but this phone, by far, great content consumption. I finally got a chance to play with it a little bit more seriously after we came back from CES. I didn't take this one with me to CES because... The reality of the matter is I had way too many other phones, but I just didn't feel like I was going to have enough time to truly try to do multitasking on this and use it to the full potential while I was in a show floor and where everything was basically cramped for space anyways, because I was like literally like the, the way the best way to describe it is as you're walking around CES, you'll probably see me walking with a bag. Uh, like a moment case or something like that. I usually have my tripod, my camera set up on there and there. And there's so many things on me in the last, I don't, I didn't want to damage this. I don't have a case for it. This is glass and glass. So the last thing is I left it. And then of course I've been using it when I came back. Um, but yeah, so the biggest thing, as you probably saw with the title of the video, Samsung finally unveiled and they talked about it. Obviously we knew it's coming. It's not like it was a secret. Uh, we knew it was coming, uh, and essentially the, their next Unpacked is going to be coming very soon. In the Unpacked event, they... Let me see if I can do this correctly here, because I, I want to show you guys this video, which is... Uh, they're actually kind of... Either they're confusing me, or hold on a second, let me just keep this here where it is. And here, I'm going to jump in. I want to I want to show you guys the video I'm talking about. You're able to actually download it straight from their website, which is surprising. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that they allow us to, to do that. But here, let me open this one up. And so, sorry, I'm just downloading. I should have done that earlier, and that was a mistake on my side. Uh, here, we're going to go click, and we're going to say download. And then here, we're going to say share video file. And this is the coolest thing ever. Okay, so here's the video. Um, work, one second. I'm going to actually mute the video because I don't own the rights to the audio as well. And I'm hoping that the video obviously doesn't have any problem. But here's this is what I was trying to talk to you guys about. Um, uh, Brian, and I'll jump back real quick on that, Brian, uh, on that one. And so here, the video starts off with two phones circling, uh, basically going side by side. And they're creating kind of like a yin and yang kind of an experience. You could definitely see the homage to yin and yang here. So they're circling, circling, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then they stop. And that's the thumbnail that I ended up using here. You'll notice on the left side here is the more rounded edges of what the S series is typically known for. We already know every year the S series is more rounded the uh, and the Note series is more edged. And then the second phone we're seeing here is that edge phone. That is the Note. And then what you get in here essentially is that they boom, combine the two and we're getting a more edged, more rounded phone. It says ready to break the rules. 
This is the culmination of the S22 Note S22 Ultra and the Note 22 Ultra um, in one phone. And of course, here it just says, you know, reserve and so on. So I'm gonna let me go ahead and say, say uh, how do we stop sharing? That's a good question here. Okay. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, here, remove it from the share. Okay. The the biggest thing that I saw there, obviously, was the fact that a at the beginning when I first saw it, I didn't I didn't see that transition at the end. Um, so that was the reason why I kind of like titled the video in there and then putting in, you know, are we getting an S22 Ultra or are we getting a Note 22 Ultra? I'm I'm very much okay. I'll I'll say this: my prediction for 2022, Samsung is going to sell more S series phones. Uh, than they sold in the past, especially in the ultra uh, ultra side, uh, and that's purely because of what's happening in that video. They're combining two series into one. They're merging the Note series and the S series, which means the Note is pretty much dead, uh, and the S series is going to become the next version of the Note, whatever the evolutionary is. Um, historically, what we have always appreciated, or at least seen from Samsung, is uh, they typically will release two phones. The S22 Ultra, or the highest version of an S series, is considered to be their flagship for the first half of the year, or the two, first two-thirds of the year. And then for the rest of the year, you pretty much wait till the Note series comes up, a typical upgraded version on the specs a little bit, so maybe the plus version of the processor, but also sometimes a better camera system, like what they did with the S20, uh, the S20 Ultra and the Note 20 Ultra. But what you're getting there, what's the difference here is that now they're saying, no, we're not going to release a note, which is what they did last year. They blame it on chip shortages, which, by the way, a lot of conversations are going around why the S21 FE came out at, in January was because of chip shortages and Samsung not being able to sell it. Um, a buddy of mine, um, Ahmed Bordiki, uh, and he's one of the Arab creators that, uh, that I follow as well. Uh, he was talking about the fact that this was supposed to come back out in August, like August, September of last year. And that would have made perfect sense. That's when the FE would have made sense. Uh, the price point, though, which is what I'm not understanding. Don't get me wrong. Samsung not releasing it in the time that it was released due to factors makes perfect sense. But then to release it late, but then overprice it, that's what doesn't make sense to me. In my mind, I'm looking at it's a phone that's late to the market. We're releasing it two to three weeks before the next unpacked. We should probably price it very aggressively and get this get these things off the shelf. That would be a much better situation. Pricing this phone at $599 to start, or even for uh, you know $599, uh, $550, whatever combination you want to put in there, I think the $500 mark area, I feel like that's where the S21 would have made perfect sense. Would have sold you more, would have made more sense. The coverage on this phone has been interestingly mixed. Some companies saying, well, don't, don't, don't skimp over it, don't overlook it, but the reality is it's late. It is a phone that showed up four or five months late, it's in a market where it's going in a beginning of the year where people are not buying that much phones. Keep in mind, everybody's waiting for the next flagship from uh, from Samsung, right? So everybody knows that in February, in a couple of weeks or so, we're going to see the S22 series. And that's what we're talking about today. That video that we talked about is about the S22s. So why would you want to buy an S21 from last year's specification with an interesting approach? The experience isn't exactly the same as the S21s. Um, it doesn't shoot 8K. It doesn't have a lot of the same bells and whistles. There are certain things changed, but we also don't have an SD card support. It's a different conversation. I, I'm very weirded out with, like, I wanted, to, I want to be able to recommend the S20, uh, S21 FE, and I want to say basically, look, on its own, it stands as a good phone, and it does. It actually merits uh, being called basically a, a, a basic. I would call it a not a flagship per se because. And I say this not because of the processor. The processor doesn't make the experience. The software and the configuration that you're getting. This phone starts at 6 gigs of RAM with 128 gigs of internal storage, non-expandable. 
So that's that's one thing. So where is the fan edition conversation? Uh, and then that starts at $6.99 or I think $7.99 if I'm not mistaken because I looked at the Amazon uh, recently and the price went up. So it's already outpriced from what it's supposed to be. So when you're hitting everybody with an MSRP of $7.99 and then you'll run a couple of promotions, it still hits the pocket very heavy. This is why I don't feel like the S21 FE was really sh should have just basically either been skipped the same way they did the note um, or maybe they had the stock and they just need to sell it and that's why they're pushing it. But you notice they're also not pushing it very hard. So it's, it's interesting to see how things are going. Um, here, uh, uh, Brian, uh, Brian Allen is saying is there's a Geekbench 5 compute result of the uh, the Eclipse uh, 920, the AMD, RND, uh, the RDNA 2, uh, the 384 stream processor inside of the Exynos 2200. It's twice as fast as the Snapdragon 888 Adreno 660. Its base clock is at 555 giga, uh, sorry, megahertz, uh, but, it can, uh, and, uh, but it can boost up to 2.1. Um, I'm assuming 2.1, not 2.1, not 21. Um, the biggest difference there is the this is a game that we haven't really seen a lot of performance. So yes, the Exynos 2200 is going to be the next biggest uh, looming conversation that a lot of us need to talk about because the reality is that combination with AMD as what we're seeing here with Brian uh, is a much bigger impact here. Samsung lent some of their experiences to Google when they made uh, Tensor. So Tensor has a lot of Samsung influences, but we don't see the same influences uh, going the other way. So basically Samsung's still trying to perform and improve the experience on the Exynos 2200, which I think they need to. The last couple of years, the last few years, Exynos has had some interesting conversations over um, overheating, slowdowns, and performance segregation over what they used to be, which were the actual, um, they, over, they always outperformed Qualcomm because they come out a few months later. Uh, now, keep in mind, processor development obviously takes much longer, but I'm saying as far as tweaks and per, uh, performance, overclocking and so on, there's always typically a few months worth of duration between the two. So those are things that we have to appreciate. But yeah, thank you very much on that one, uh, Brian. I, I really appreciate the, the numbers on that one. That one seems more, uh, like it seems it's gonna be performing more, but we wanna see how gaming and developers are gonna start taking advantage of that. There's a big difference of when a processor or when a, when a GPU can perform better, but if you're not giving it the software to showcase those benefits, it doesn't help. Um, Tensor was known, uh, has uh, has known, is not issues, but Tensor was known to have a very strong GPU performance. That was one of the, the biggest things that they were touting. Um, and of course, some of the first things that we saw when it was first released that it was just not optimized for. And when you don't optimize for it, it's hard for us to get those experiences. So at the end of the day, what I say, just let's see how things are. It's a little bit early to talk uh, 8th Gen 1 versus Dimensity 9000 versus Exynos 2200, the two, the three main players on the market right now. But I can say that it's going to be a closer race than most of us think, especially between the 8th Gen 1 and the Dimensity 9000, and even possibly on the Exynos. We Again, more power, more performance. We need to see how the performance kind of translates into real-life usability. How are the smartphone and how are the OEMs, and specifically in this one how is samsung going to manage the thermal concerns when it comes down to this and is it going to perform perform good in the long run for like long duration usage you know are you know playing for a couple of hours on this phone is it going to perform that way um one of the biggest issues with the exynos before was you couldn't take too many videos in the same time and the phone will start overheating and you'll get a, an overheating issue those are things that we, we we had and some people have lived with with the exynos this is something we do we don't want to see that with the with the new generation um Brian said the S20 FE was better, plus it had an SD card support, uh, pl uh, plain and simple, which, again, when you say fan edition, you know, what the fans really want is to get more for less. 
What they did with the S21 FE is they gave them less and charged more. It's the same conversation as the S21 in early 2021. We got we paid we paid more and we got less. Now, it's cheaper than the S21 and I give them that, but that's because they overpriced the S21 to start with. So when you have that problem and you have that concern, it translates to kind of tell you like, you know, really Samsung is 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 forgetting about their users. They're forgetting what to um I don't know how to put it in the right way. And I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm harping on them. I'm, I'm actually upset because I, I, believe it or not, I actually like what Samsung does. The two monitors behind me are Samsung monitors. I still use an S21 FE, uh, sorry, S21 Ultra. This is their flagship of 2021. It, you know, I didn't just use it and put it away. I have it. I always benchmark against it. And I like using the camera system on it and depending on the situation I'm using. It's not super great in low light. I feel like the uh, Vivo is much better there. But for me, again, at the end of the day, tech needs to evolve and tech needs to be lived in. So what I'm looking at right now is what I see with the S21 FE is I see a better version of an A-series minus the SD card, but it's still charging us a premium price. Like seriously, uh, it's about $799 is literally $100 less than the Pixel 6 Pro, and it's not even close in the camera system, and it's a couple of hundred dollars more expensive than the Pixel 6. For me, if I walk into a store, I would not pick that phone, uh, or I, I I feel like people would only pick that phone because it has the word Samsung. And when you hear the word S21, I promise you, the moment the S22 monikers start going out across T, uh, you know, T-Mobile, Verizon, or even AT&T, the S21 FE is going to tank. There's not much going on there. And I feel like that's probably Samsung's approach. They felt like, look, we'll release it about a month before, and we're going to basically let people just, you know, if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, the S22 is going to be there. And then at least we stay in the conversation. We had something to talk about it at, uh, at, at of course, MWC, not MWC, CES. Um, it was kind of surprising also kind of for them to drop the information during CES. Like they wanted to take away some of that. But we'll see. We'll see how that one kind of goes. Um, Simon says, Hidden, oh, hey, good morning, man. Uh, six gigs of RAM wasn't enough uh, when other manufacturers did it, according to other reviewers. And I think it's not because you have to remember a phone is a phone. It's okay. A phone is a, is a, um, is a device that you're going to be living in with it for at least the next couple of years. If you're buying a phone, if you're going to use a phone, you're not buying it to switch it out in another month. You're making a, a, a monetary investment or a planned payment, depending on how you're going to pick it up. So when you're looking at it from the standpoint of where we are in 2022 now, Six gigs of RAM is not an acceptable number. Four years ago, three years ago, maybe you could have basically worked it with a Pixel because some Pixels can actually run really nice. But running six gigs of RAM with Samsung's One UI ecosystem, and then the fact that this device could potentially get another update to One UI 5.0 next year with Android 13, it, I don't think six is enough. Like eight is barely even a, a good acceptable number. So a buddy of mine was asking me that it was that specific question. Would you spend a little bit more money to buy the S21 FE with eight gigs of RAM? And I said that, yes, if you're planning on buying this phone just for the next, you know, maybe year, you may be able to skate, you know, go through and make sure everything runs. But I think if you're going to plan on this for at least a couple of years or so, uh, get the eight gig 256. Because you can't expand the storage, and you, once you hit that 128, you're going to start feeling cramped. Um, I've actually hit the limit of my 256 on the S21 Ultra, and that's because I haven't deleted a lot of things, but I really need to do some housekeeping on that phone. 256 to me, okay, let, let me explain this. Phones for me are different, and I mean that because I look at them at different PF for what they do. 
A phone like this not only is a great design, aesthetics, fast processor, and everything, but it is a camera system at its core. And that's what I love mostly about phones. Uh, it's not just the accessibility, but also the ability to be able to be creative with them. I shot about, when I was doing that video and I told it it's going to be producing out of it, I shot about 65 gigs worth of content on this by just shooting 4K 60 frames per second video. When you're shooting, when you're giving me a phone with a great system, with a camera that can shoot 4K 60 on the front and on the back, 128 gigs of internal storage, when you're not even factoring the fact that some of that is already taken by, uh, by the operating system, whatever apps you downloaded, whatever systems that you've set up, you're probably not running at the full, you know, 128 anyways. It's just not a right number. But again, that's one of the other ways that we get there. So the 699 or 799 press I was talking about is the 6 gig 128. It goes up from there. So yeah, I, I'm with you. Simon is is absolutely correct on that. Um, six gigs is not acceptable. Sorry, six gigs is not acceptable in 2021, and it was not, and, it's, and it shouldn't be acceptable in 2022 and moving forward. This is again where I feel like this device should have been either scrapped or just skipped entirely. Uh, Samsung didn't need to release the S21 FE, not just because they didn't need to have a, they needed to have a sequel. There really wasn't that much of a demand for it when it was pretty much later than what is expected. Everybody thought it was going to come out late 2021, and it would have maybe made some sense with the pricing and so on. But being that it's late, being that they need to try to move it, I think they should have gone a little bit more aggressive on the pricing. And I think then that would have made it made it a little bit more appealing for people to look at it over the S22 as that's how it's going to be in the stores. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, Davin says, I suspect Samsung will pull the S21 series from <laughs> once the S22 is launched and, and they may want to use the S21 FE on sale as a cheaper alternative. So that may be a solution, that may be an approach to it, but I'm pretty sure that the S21, so from the leaks that we've seen with the S21s, uh, the S22, sorry, it looks like the design is going to be very different. So the phone right now looks more like a Samsung A series than it looks like an S series, which is a weird approach because it's technically the fan edition of an S20, an S21. But you have a point. There may be a situation where they just basically go and they were like, you know what? We may just go ahead and uh, let me go ahead and remove that. For you. We may go ahead and just drop the price and just do it like a fire sale and just, you know, sell all the units available. And then it pretty much ends the, the shortest lifespan of a phone released by Samsung. We'll have to see. But again, it, it's one of those. It is. It always it always puts me in there. Uh, yeah. I, OK, so it's one point one point five eight gigahertz, which makes more sense than. Yeah, no one. Sorry. No, no. I. It, it looked a little bit off, Brian. That's why I was saying it's like one, two. I, I wasn't sure. Um, oh, oh, here. So I uh, Simon is jumping back with the I saw that the eight gen one struggling with thermal um, under loads on the Xiaomi 12 and a couple on a couple of reviews. Uh, absolutely. First, I'll, I'll say this. Xiaomi's, Xiaomi devices, I feel like, um, at least the initial release, what we saw last year, they're giving you the full, like, as it is, 100% of what Qualcomm's trying to do. Um, but I feel like I, I don't think the thermal management is done uh, to, to the best at situation yet. I don't have one yet, so I don't have a way of experiencing and seeing if there are things that we can do to help the experience. But yeah, the 8 Gen 1 can definitely get warm. I mean, it's based, uh, it's an improvement over the 888. Qualcomm's approach, again, the Qualcomm specifically answered my question by saying, we did not change the performance and power management and the thermal concerns on the 8 Gen 1 uh, to be less powerful, less uh, less thermal providing. We provided the architecture to the OEMs on how to manage it, meaning 
they knew it was going to be a warm processor, but they also understood that there are ways to make this processor run efficiently in a smartphone, and they gave those requirements. The concern that comes up is that we don't know what those requirements are. We don't know how much cost that could add on top of the phone if that was implemented correctly. At the beginning of the year, we typically always see Xiaomi releasing the full bore, the full potential of what the, S uh, the A Gen 1 is going to perform. And I feel like realistically, we need to also tamper the experiences and also see how the updates are going to be fixing things. Uh, some of these devices that we're looking for, if they're China main uh, China first release devices, once you export them out of China, sometimes the, the update cycle doesn't actually follow through. Um, I'll be with you on one thing is uh, I, I was trying to update, I think, uh, the my uh, Find X3 Pro. And for the longest time, I didn't get the update on uh, the, the final release of the uh, Android 12, you know, Color OS 12 on there. Uh, but I did reach out to my contact for my PR contacts, and I was able to ask them to get them to push the update for me. And they did. And that's when I was able to get the full version out of beta. So sometimes when you, again, keep in mind, removing phones from markets sometimes will delay or will hinder some of the update processor cycles. So we want to see a little bit more, but I, I'm not surprised that it's going to be warm. There's, again, there's no there's no doubt in my mind that we are going to see some innovative uh, um, approaches this year to managing the thermals on the HN1, potentially the Dimensity 9000, although I'm seeing some rumors saying that it may be running cooler, Cooler is a relative term. What is cooler and how much cooler, we'll also have to see once once there are phones that are available for us to test. Uh, I got a chance to get my hands on uh, demo hardware with the Qualcomm, uh, with the HN1, so I can't really speak to that experience. Uh, and the tests that we're talking about, the D9000, were also run on, again, demo hardware. We need to see retail. We need to see how the OEMs are managing it. Now, Speaking of the Find X5 um, and uh, the Find X5 Pro, and I will say this, and I saw somebody asking a question. You're probably wondering why is there no Find X4 Pro? The leaks at least are calling it a 5, and I think it's something to go back to what we saw with OnePlus a few years back. If you remember the OnePlus uh, you know, device um, life cycle, so we got the OnePlus 1, OnePlus 2, OnePlus 3, then OnePlus 5. They jumped the 4. The number 4 in the Chinese culture is a very unlucky number, so typically companies with OEMs will skip generating a phone uh, with that moniker in there. So you'll notice, like, for the most part, uh, you know, like GT Neo 2, a uh, lot of numbers are generated, but 4 is always somewhat of a missing number. So the Find X5 Pro, which makes more sense, is the one that's been leaking. But the reason why uh, I'm I'm kind of come, you know jumping back uh, into that, it, it's supposedly saying a Qualcomm, sorry, um, Oppo pledged that they were going to be using the D9000 with their new uh, NPU, the the Mali Silicon X uh, G, uh, NPU that they talked about it, which is a GPU and an ISP combined into one, um, and that was what they talked about at their innovation day at the end of 2021. So. Again, we need to see how things change there. Now, we the S the the Snapdragon, sorry, the OnePlus 10 Pro will is going to have the what well, does have the eight uh, the eight Gen one, and if uh, Oppo goes with the Dimensity 9000, then we have a good reference point to use. These companies share so much, specifically now that Hasselblad is going to be uh, on top of the Find X5 Pro, which I uh, I don't know if you guys saw those. I think Ice Universe posted a few like three or four pictures, uh, and I think Dan was commenting on one of them. So. It's an approach, right? So the synergy between the two is so much like I really feel at some point it's going to be hard to tell them apart. It's going to seriously become a conversation where uh, which one is where. And I think it's going to be based on markets. Realistically, I think it's going to be based on markets. Um, let me see here. What do we have here? Uh, oh, Russ. Hey, man. Hope you're doing well. 
Um, so TK, do you think that the uh, the tab SH? So that was the other thing that was in the in the in the comment. Actually, let me show you guys real quick what I was talking about here. So let me say share, uh, not slide screen, and we're gonna show second side here. Uh, yeah, what am I doing here? Okay, cancel. I don't know why I'm doing this. Here we're gonna do that here. We're gonna say share screen, and we're gonna jump, and we're gonna say share, and here. So. Uh, that's not what I meant. So you'll notice right there on the in the actual reservation tab, which by the way, the link for that is in the description. Um, they're giving $50 off if you want to do the reservation, which you don't have to use. But if you do the reservation and you decide to purchase it, go through it, you'll get an extra 50. I think it used to be more before. And of course, more exclusive offers, which means they'll give you some credit and so on. But you'll notice there's two things. Reserve your next Galaxy smartphone and reserve your next Galaxy tab. And I think that's what, uh, what we're talking about here with Russ. Uh, let me just go ahead and remove this one. Is he said? Do you think that the Tab uh, S8 series will have the same issues with the chip, just like the phones? Since the S8, uh, since the S8 series even thinner than uh, some of the other phones on the market today. So the, the the tablets do have a larger surface, and they also typically don't have a surface. Well, I take that back. Tablets have a very unique experience. And the reason behind them is this. When we're holding a phone, we're holding the phone like this. Typically, our hands are more coverage covered around it. And this may not be the right form factor, uh, mostly because this is, in, again, it's uh, the Duo 2. But for smartphones, we hold our phones like this. Our fingers are touching the back and we're using that part to be able to leverage the weight of the phone. So most smartphones on the market, glowing rectangles per se, have that experience and you feel the heat and you feel the heat dissipation in the back. Tablets on the other end, and I don't know why it seems like I was prepared for this, but I'm not. Um, tablets on the other end are much bigger, much bigger surface. You're holding it like this. That entire experience in the back is something that you do not touch, you do not use. And of course, if you have a case on it, you're going to not necessarily have the same issue. So the question or to answer the question uh, for you, Russ, uh, it will, even if it does have the same concerns as far as temperatures, we may not notice it as much. As long as the heat dissipation is done correctly, which, by the way, you want your phone to dissipate the heat. This issue of wanting to keep our phones cool, but not necessarily allow them to cool is a different conversation. The heat that you're feeling on the back of the phone is the heat permeating out. So it's because it's permeating it out that the phone isn't just basically melted, right? So what we want is from companies to provide us better heat dissipation and better heat uh, temperature cooling. So I think it's uh, it's going to end up coming down to a scheduler. So more of a, um, a customized uh, throttle setting between, you know, high, medium and low. Uh, back in the old days, when I when I first started putting computers together, there used to be a turbo button on my computer, um, and I used to pump my phone, my uh, my computer. I think from 20 gigahertz, no, sorry, 20 megahertz to 40 gig, uh, megahertz, uh, and that was basically my 386 uh, PC. That was my first PC I put together. Um, the earlier ones than that didn't have the turbo button, but you know, like the Amiga and the Atom and all of that, they they had different functionalities. But what I'm trying to shoot for, I feel like I think at some point we're going to need that type of control, and the reality is. Tablets should have better thermal management because of the heat, uh, the, the massive surface that you have on the back to, to radiate the heat. And hopefully we won't have as many issues. So I don't really foresee them having the same concerns, but you also have to keep in mind is very few devices or very, very few tablets will have the 8 Gen 1 on it. More than likely, like some of the other options we have, I'll say that uh, here, like the TCL Tab Pro, uh, this is the TCL Tab Pro 5G that was released at the late 2021. Um, it's considered a pro tablet, but it's running a more a mid-range processor, which is, I think, what most tablets will have on the market. 
Samsung is literally the only one producing premium tablets. So am I looking forward to the S8 Ultra, uh, the Tab S8 Ultra? Absolutely. If that ends up being the, uh, the continuing the name for it. Uh, I think Juan posted a, a tweet showing that it was um, on one of the European sites running for an interesting price. But I don't foresee the, the, the heating issue being as bad. It may still be there, but we won't necessarily be noticing it as much mostly because of the design of tablets in general as long as the processor is not sitting where our fingers are sitting we typically don't use that and also most more than likely most of us put tablets down and use controllers so i can again that, that whole experience is going to be interesting to see um davin davis headed out look uh, <laughs> headed let to look for the pixel 6 and to, uh and to do some iphone 8 repairs have a good day have a good chat absolutely man good luck and hope you're doing hope you have a good day um uh, TK, uh, TK may reach out to Juan uh, via social media for some creative guidance. <laughs> always, always. Uh, it, it always ends up being a situation where I, I mean, Juan and I talk a lot. That's that's just the fact. I mean, actually, he's even, I was texting him last night uh, regarding an, uh, an interesting, uh, uh, I guess, an interesting observation that I had. Um, do you think, so TK, do you think that, this, uh, that, do you think Samsung can fit headphone jacks back on the S22 Ultra if they wanted to, or uh, is there really no space anymore? Oh, no, 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 space is there. It's always been there. I think it's a choice. Uh, the choice for them not to put good hardware or good headphone jacks is a choice. Can they surprise us out of the blue and bring it back? Absolutely. Can they bring back the SD card? Absolutely. And this is typical to what Samsung can do. Would we like that? I would love that. I would love for a return of a headphone jack, a decent supported headphone jack with a decent DAC. I'm not. I'm not asking quad DAC. I'm asking just give us a decent DAC. Um, and I'm also. I would love to be able to see an, S, uh, an SD card support back again, because we know that they still provide phones that offer SD cards in the A series. So it's not like they can't do it. It's just they don't want to do it. They want to charge us more for the storage. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think the situation is really more under their in their in their control. Um, from all the leaks that I've seen, unfortunately, I have not seen a headphone jack on any of the images or the renders. So it's, it's a tough one, uh, because most of those, even if they are, are uh, how do I say this? Even if it's suspected, most, more than likely it's usually in something and nothing is showing it. So the reality is, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're probably going to end up basically relying on more like pocket DACs. I think these are a much better solution realistically, because it, it, it takes away the function of what system you're using. I can use this on my tablet, I can use it on my PC, I can use it on my phone, and I take away that choice of having to buy a phone that doesn't have that. And I think that's what we've been forced to do. And it's not a bad place to be in, especially with a pocket DAC. The one I was showing you guys right there, that's the Razer Phone uh, DAC. That's the one that came with the Razer Phone 2. Uh, but you know, the Helm Bolt, the THX Onyx, those are definitely very good, very well-priced um, hardware that provide you some of the best experiences when it comes to audio. And what I love about that is, it transitions from one system to the other. I can hook it up to my PC and get the same audio quality that I'm able to get out of my phone. And um, what I really like about it is, this is something that you can even hook up with a really, really inexpensive phone, as long as this supports audio over USB, uh, you're, you're more than likely gonna be able to get some great experiences there. So again, not, not doubting it, I'm just more hoping that they do provide that. Although it's very unlikely if Samsung, if Apple didn't do it first, Samsung is not going to copy. Samsung is out of the game of innovating at this point. It's very much incremental changes and small takeaways and more charging for certain features. And that's what we learned from them for the last couple of years. S20 was the peak. 
they peaked at the S20, uh, S20 Ultra and they've been on a downward spire, a downward drive since then in more of a cruise control. Um, I'm not going to deny the fact that I will try out the S22 Ultra because, again, I want to see what is the best that they're offering for this year. But the reality at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not setting my expectations very high. Last year, I was expecting a phone to be, to be better for me than what the S20 Ultra was the year before. And it was somewhat of a disappointment for me. And, and again, don't get me wrong. The camera system is great. But I felt like I lost things was I, when I was upgrading. I, I lost charging speed. I lost max stripe. Uh, not max stripe. Um, MST support, which essentially is max stripe. Um, I lost SD card support. And I felt like the experience didn't really improve that much. We still had a 5,000 milliampere, but now it takes for longer to charge. Um, and I have my 45 watt charger and I can't use it for the full potential yet. So we'll see how that goes. Sorry. Um, uh, they're cheaping out on the, on the RAM on the S8. Uh, they will likely have an S8, 8 gigabyte. And S8, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, approach. But I'm, I saw some, some reports that there are going to be ones that support 16 gigs of RAM, which I feel like for tablets, you probably will want because um, you're, you're definitely going to have DeX support, which is what they typically have in there. And it's DeX that runs on the actual tablet, not just DeX on uh, external displays. So we'll have to see. The Ultra showed up being there, and I'm hoping they don't go out with 8 gigs and so on. We need the right levels. Um, Simon was absolutely correct on that. Hashtag TK Bay. I'm adding that to my Twitter. <laughs> Mint, minted and printed, my friend. You are done. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good with you. Uh, Marilyn, good morning. Hope you're doing well. Uh, hope you, hope everything's going well with you. Sabaho, hope you're doing well. Uh, Donald, jumping back here, Apple causes all of the problems for us at the end, like saying, like basically about the storage. The reality is, yeah, I mean, it's a trendsetter. I totally understand the marketing or the trend setting abilities of what Apple can do. Um, I'm personally not a big Apple user. I mean, again, the only iPhone that I have, and it's because my day, my day job, is the 11 Pro Max, a couple of year old iPhone. Still works fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, it it's just... Yeah, if Apple takes away a headphone jack, Samsung thinks it's the cool thing to do. They didn't have to follow. They could have stuck to their own guns. They could have stuck to what they were doing and kept the internal storage, kept the, uh, the, mic the headphone jack, and continued to try to provide us better experiences. Um, Juan's using the S10e, I think, is, and the S10e still had a headphone jack. Uh, the S10 Plus had a, a high refresh rate uh, display, headphone jack, max stripe support, SD card. Whole, everything you wanted from Samsung today is was there two years ago with the 855. And I was lucky enough to be at that event. And I felt like ever since then, it's been kind of like, you know, we'll take a few things out of here. What I'm trying to say is essentially, it's not a right approach. I don't understand why Samsung always feels that way. But they've built themselves as the de facto direct opposite of Apple. And they're not. They're, a, they're an option in the Android ecosystem. They are not the only option. And that's what we really need to work. That's one of, the, one of the main things I try to do on the channel is to showcase other technologies, other companies, and what other solutions are available for us to use. Sony's still knocking it out of the park seriously with their devices. Like the, what we're getting, what we're talking about right now is, you know, the Xperia 5 Mark III finally coming to the US. We have a very nice headphone jack, an SD card, a nice 120 hertz refresh rate, 21 by nine aspect ratio, great gaming experience, a great shutter button camera experience. You just push one button and you're in the camera. It's crazy. And a fingerprint sensor that runs really nice. And it's literally the only company left. You know, LG left the game. And unfortunately, now we're looking at things that, that basically Sony can only provide us. I hope they continue this in, the, in 2022. Uh, now, obviously, 
all of the things that we've seen from them to this day are things that they announced in 2021, the Pro I, the F5 Mark III from, uh, and the One Mark III. So hopefully Android 12 starts pushing out. So I know some people are still waiting for that, uh, but we'll have to see here. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have to see here. Uh, oh, here. So Brian, jumping back with that, the MediaTek Dimensity 9000 has eight gigabytes of L3 cache and eight gig uh, versus the HN1, which has only six. And not only that, it also has uh, the LPDDRX, uh, the LPDDR5X, not the LPDDR5. It also actually has faster RAM. So that's one of the other things. Uh, the, the, sorry, mega, uh, level three cache that we're talking about, and also higher uh, clocked slightly higher. Um, the reviews, uh, the review unit, uh, the review found that it was. Uh, it found its way to YouTube, and it's uh, the CPU is faster. Also, uh, uh, an ARM's new G10. Uh, as, okay, it's also at 20 core. Keep in mind, a lot of the numbers that we're looking at are very much small number differences. The overclock or the clock speed for both the X2, uh, since they're both based on the uh, the ARM X2 uh, architecture, they're running basically at 3.01 to 3.0 to 3.2. It's within the noise. It's really going to come down to the to the RAM, that first part of your statement that you talked about. The fact that it's using LPDDR, LPDDR5X over LPDDR5, that's where you're going to get some of the bandwidth. And I think Dimensity and MediaTek positioned themselves in a much better position, working directly with the manufacturer, the, uh, the storage, uh, well, the RAM uh, manufacturer, to get the technology ahead, which I feel like, again, that's where we start seeing some of the benefits there. It's not always just the processor. If you ever look at a computer and you want to upgrade your computer, it's not always the processor. Getting a much faster engine in a smaller in a in a car doesn't always make the car go faster. It will improve. Don't get me wrong, but to truly get the benefit of a better computer, a better user experience, convert your hard drive into an SSD, add more RAM, add faster RAM to your system, and make sure you run dual channel RAM. Don't run single sticks. Those two things can give you as much of a boost of change uh, uh, as changing your processor on your computer. It's seriously, it's it's more about not just how fast the information is sent through that little central processing unit, but it's also how fast it's able to go to the hard drive, how fast is it to basically sit in active RAM, and how fast is the bus speed between all of those. So motherboards are also a big factor. What I'm trying to say is yeah, I'm with you on the on the on the numbers. And I think again, on on paper, on paper, I feel like the Dimensity 9000 should do better. But it's hard because again, it depends on how it's implemented. It depends on how Oppo is going to be putting it in the Find in the Find X5 Pro. If they go with full bore and everything, and the Mali the this Mari Silicon X actually does outperform with the current setup configuration that we have with the A Gen One, I'll be very surprised in seeing basically that this is going to be the year where people start customizing their experiences. You know, where we we heard Oppo was working on their own SoC, and the reality is it was their own ISP and GPU configuration. We have to look at it in, in that aspect. It's uh, sadly, it's not always a one. There's not one way to look at, some, at things. We have to always appreciate the side stories and the conversations where it's coming from, and at the end, how it's implemented. Uh, Chemi's jumping back with uh, TK. What about the S21 FE? In order to measure how much more can they add to the price uh, for the S22 series? Um, also getting uh, also getting out of uh, some extra parts related to the S21 series. So. They did do, okay, so if there was one thing to say, and I will say this, this was a very big surprise for me. If you had a chance to watch the video, uh, go to the clip where, and I already put chapters in there for you guys, um, jump to the clip in there where it talks about the speed test. The actual, the modem that we have on the S21 FE is actually better than the S21 Ultra that I have. Um, in a specific spot here where I am, I, am, I know where there's a specific, uh, like a tower where it's present, and it's a 5G tower for T-Mobile. And I always, always get some of my best speed tests. And, and I always showcase it there because I want to show you guys uh, what the 
proverbial best performance is going to be and that's what i always shoot for so i test both of them and they both were on a t-mobile network um, the s21 fe was able to hit 800 megabits down where the s21 ultra was only able to get about 500. now i will say that i was able to get much better speeds almost 7 800 uh, megabits down uh with the uh here when i'm using the um, pixel 6 pro because of the ultra capacity and i think that's the benefit here there are better radios on the s21 ultra uh, s21 fe now that could lead into what the s22 and which would make more sense that that was going to be there but at the end of the day if this if the S21 FE is selling for $799, that's $800. And considering the fact that the S21 started about $1,000 and quickly jumped, dropped down to like, you know, $899 or so, that, yeah, I think Chemi has a very good point. There's a good chance that the S22 Ultra or the S22 series is going to be even more expensive. I'd probably be, uh, be safe to say that it'll be about $50 more than what it was last year. And we're going to have the same thing where there's a price jumping between the, the, the storage configuration and your best savings is going to be going from the 128 to the 256 because they want people to buy the 256 and pay that extra 50 bucks or so on. So the reality is as a, as a form of, t uh, telling, you know, um, reading the tea leaves as, as as i would say um i think there's a good chance yeah the, uh, there's no question that the s22 is going to be a little bit more uh the fact that they made the note and the s series combined oh they're going to charge a premium for that because to them it's going to be sold as this is a great feature it's not going to be sold as the we didn't give you a note we're not going to give you another note but we're going to call it a, an s it's going to be an interesting approach and it, we'll, we'll have to see how the um I'm going to say that how how the Samsung um, uh, PR machine kind of goes through and, and they, they word it, but that's probably how we're going to see. Uh, let me see here. Finn. Uh, oh, man. Okay. I got, got to see. Okay. Let me see. I, I'm, I'm a little bit behind. I'm very behind. I'm pretty sure on comments. Um, hmm. Oh, crap. I'm about 15 minutes behind. Okay. Uh, TK, a gaming phone should not be the reason uh, that non-gaming phones should. Okay. Let me jump back here. Um, so Russ with the TK, I don't think that gaming phones should be the reason that non-gaming phones should have thermal throttling in my opinion. Um, yes, you're right. A gaming phone should not be the, the basis of how a performance of a standard phone should be performed, should be set to the reality of where we are is year over year, companies keep providing and keep improving speed and performance out of their SOCs at some point. We're going to start hitting the top. We, I think we hit the top some time ago. There are still some features being added, but they're always, you know, added uh, in the camera system, in the, in the ISP, um, in the schedulers and so on. What we're noticing right now is this. In the missing aspect of companies trying to truly address the thermal concerns when it, or the thermal properties of an SOC, there's only so many things you could do. Throttling it is about one of the very, very simple ways of doing it because the customization of the the operating system from the kernel, from the from the ROM, and of course, uh, even down to the to working with the scheduler, and that's at the kernel level. Those are things that basically give you the ability of customizing. So if you want to overclock the processor, that's essentially where you do. You have to use your you have to have something that enables you to control the kernel on your system. And what Samsung has been doing is out of the box when they sell a phone, they've been underclocking it. They don't give you the full potential of the 888 because they realize you probably don't need it. I'm not saying you don't need it. I'm saying that's what they're saying is they think you don't need it. That's why they don't show you where that is. They don't tell you about it. It's not in any of their information. They tell you that they're selling you a Lamborghini, uh, you know, running at 100, 200 and 300 miles an hour. But the reality is you're getting a Lamborghini that's running at a much slower speed because that's essentially the performance that they've set you to. 
So you need to look into that and obviously creators and all the stuff usually talk about that part. Uh, but OnePlus has been doing it as well as Oppo has been doing it now. And obviously with ColorOS merging, that's what we're getting. I feel like this is the, the approach we need to look at. If you want a situation where you're able to perform at the best situation, where you, your phone is going to produce the best performance, uh, best numbers and everything like that, you should have the ability of turning on a flip a flip switch. So having a toggle in the notification panel is the easiest way. You turn that on, you know you're running in full mode. Typically what happens is when you turn on gaming mode on smartphones, that's typically when they bump it up. Um, having HS power control functionalities on phones where if you want to run it charge, it doesn't actually overheat the battery, reduces the amount of temperature concerns that you didn't get there. Because some of us, when we're playing games, and our battery starts depleting is we plug the phone and we keep playing. That's like a double whammy now uh, in the in the 888 and post 888 uh, uh, era of, of smartphones. So Although I don't feel like gaming phones should dictate how a regular phone is operated, we also need to appreciate what a regular phone should perform at and what it needs to perform. Does, do we really need the full potential of the 888 to run the camera, to open Twitter, to open Gmail, to run our normal applications? The reality is no. Do they give you the control? Yes. Do they tell you about it? That's where the problem is. They don't want to tell you that because it sounds bad when they say it. If I told you and I'm selling you a car, I'm selling you this shiny new phone. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be running it at 80% performance, but just don't worry about it. Everything's going to be great. But it can do 100%. People are not going to appreciate that and people are going to take the, be taken back a little bit. So they're letting people discover it after they purchased it, which is a much different position. That's a little bit of a, uh, a weird situation. I think some people may not be happy with it. And I think that's the performance there. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. So I'll, to kind of summarize that one, uh, Russ, I actually don't think it's a bad thing. I think we just need to have control over it. Tell us about it when you're setting the phone. Tell us exactly what happens and what could potentially go. And let us be in control of this. And don't don't start doing what OnePlus was doing last year, which was basically throttling certain applications. It's just not letting us know. ColorOS 12, just give us the control back. They're like, hey, you want to turn it on? Turn on full option? Boom, performance mode is on. You are running at the full potential. Just know your battery is going to get tanked pretty quickly. So those are things you want to keep in mind. Um, they consider four as an unlucky number. Yes, uh, it's it's purely a, uh, it, it's a, um, I guess, uh, for the lack of a better term, yeah, uh, it is absolutely a, a, term, a number. This is why they, uh, the, I, I, for some reason in my mind, I forgot about it and I've always kind of called it the Find X4 Pro and the reality is, yeah, the next generation, which makes more more sense. OnePlus did it, Oppo probably did it. And I think if you do some research, you'll find very, very few phones that have the four number in there, especially if it's a Chinese manufacturer. Um, absolutely. I, I think that, that's, so OnePlus and Oppo have a couple of things going on for them. Oppo's always known, especially with the Find series, is they perform really good. The Find N, okay, so... I took this guy with me when we went to Vegas, right? And I was rocking this with me every time. Like a whole bunch of people would see me, they walk around and then they're looking at it and the phone just absolutely gorgeous. Um, I got lucky and I got the color that is like the purple color and it just works so well. I can't find a case for it yet. I need to get a case. Um, but yeah, overall, seriously, some of the best performances I've actually had. And, and when it comes to tablets or it comes to phones that convert into something else, seriously, guys, this is the format. It's, the format is almost identical. You you get the experience exactly the way it's supposed to be. And this is what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a phone that when you open it, you're getting more of a tablet experience. And when you close it, you get more of a slightly squarish phone. But again, handed one-handed mode is much better. Uh, the, the Duo obviously does not have an external display. But for this one, to have a display that's this small and this easy, and I can still 
you know, kind of cover it. I can go to the top. I can reach the top of the phone. A lot of different things. So for multitasking, as much as I like the Duo 2, I'm really loving the, uh, the Find N because of that combination of what the Duo 2 has and what the uh, Fold 3 has. So when I get my Fold 3, um, I'm going to definitely be doing some more comparisons there in there. Uh, but for me, I feel like this is like a right sweet spot. Uh, and Oppo definitely has a very good, uh, very good grasp on that one. Um, Simon says, Simon says, I'm just wondering, uh, with the under the uh, the underwhelming uh, iterative OnePlus 10 Pro, will the Find X5 Pro be considered uh, be considered the more premium across the uh, across uh, ranges, basically of BBK? Will OnePlus be uh, more of a budget and Oppo more of a premium? Um, Oppo is different in a sense of, and I think what you're comparing there obviously is the Find X4, 5 Pro and of course the OnePlus 10 Pro. When you talk about the rest of the scheme of their library, Oppo has a lot more, more has a lot more budget phones on the market than uh, than OnePlus does. OnePlus is actually expanding their repertoire with the the um, the Nord series uh, to be more affordable. Like in the US, we have the N100 and the N10 or the N200 and the N, uh, and the N10. So those are things that I think OnePlus is trying to get into. But when it comes to the flagship experience, I don't think they're going to be competing that much with each other. I feel like the fact that they're working together and they're more synergized now, it makes more sense for them to divide the markets as opposed to basically say, look, we're going to go compete. Um, I think the Find X5 Pro will have probably better experimental features, and that's what uh, Oppo is known for. They always do those type of experiences. They love to experiment. Uh, from the Find X4, uh, sorry, from the Find, from the Find X to the Find X2 uh, Pro to the 3 Pro, you can definitely see the iterative change. It was very different. Now the leaks that we're seeing here are making it look like where the Find X5 Pro looks very close to the Find X2 Pro with the Hasselblad camera uh, operated there. And I think this is where it kind of becomes always kind of like the benefit there. For me, I always felt Oppo's camera system was much better than OnePlus's. But now that they've merged, we're going to have to see how the devices kind of perform. And also, again, keep in mind, if they go with the D9000 over what they have with the uh, HN1, those are also going to be some differentiators. It's the Mali, uh, the, 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 Mari, the, Mari, the Mali X, sorry, their new NPU. Uh, the Mar uh, the Mari Silicon X, sorry, uh, is going to be a big differentiator between the camera system on the OnePlus and the camera system on the Oppo because that did not cross over to OnePlus. So to answer your question, more premium, better camera performance, I feel like Oppo is definitely, I'm predict sorry, I'm predicting this. I don't know for sure, but from all of the things that we have lined up, there's a good chance that uh, Oppo is going to have still a better camera system uh, running for them. Uh... Pinky little panda. <laughs> hey man, hope you're doing great. Thank you for thank you for hanging out with us on Twitch. Thank you very much. Uh, we have a couple we have a couple people I think hanging out with us on on Twitch. Dominic Wong. Hey man, hope you're doing well. Er Ibrahim, hope you're doing sabaho. Hope uh, just popping in briefly for a couple of minutes. Say hi. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Dominic, always always great. Thank you very much. Um, and um, they have some sort of okay. Um, they have some sort of DAC and AMP through USB-C. Also, most non-LG uh, people use pocket DACs, um, just like the, uh, yeah, just exactly. It's it, This has literally become uh, basically a piece that I rely on, and this is why I have a couple. I have this, which is the uh, the one again from the Razer phone, and then of course I have my uh, uh, the Helm Bolt. Both easy to use, very easy to customize and use, and just you plug it into the phone and you just automatically start getting the best experiences. Um, you always just want to make sure, though, uh, make sure you get a good pair of cans to appreciate that audio. Um, see, TK, Samsung has been quite bad at, uh, for audio files after they've uh, they brought AKG. Yeah, uh, uh, the original AKG engineers are now continuing uh, 
continuing an Australian audio, yeah, an Austrian audio. I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, tuned by AKG is uh, is a is a moniker or a brand. Um, this is why I was thinking more about even if it's a decent, even if it's an okay DAC, having something in there that supports audio as far as a headphone jack is still a better solution than where we are right now with Samsung devices. It's it's a weird conversation to say that you know Samsung phone in 2022 uh, as an S series will have no headphone jack, no SD card. We'll have um, you know uh, prices that start around a thousand and go north from there because everybody seems to think that we're making everybody's making way more money than they than they need to keep and they just need to keep spending money on these. Uh, for me, when I buy when I'm jumping into a phone from another like the yearly update that you guys see, once I when I get the S twenty two Ultra or when we see when that comes out, I'm trading in my S twenty one Ultra. I am not keeping two phones. This phone is way too expensive for me to buy it on its own and keep it. And every year or year over year, it's been basically what we've been doing. Samsung, uh, I think last year, if I'm not mistaken, started allowing people to do multiple trade-ins. So that you're trading in multiple phones to help bring down the price. And that's something that we potentially could be starting to look at. And I think that's what Samsung's trying to do. That $50 extra credit when you register is purely accounted against your trade-in. Or I actually take that back. It's counted against uh, your... Um, uh, value when you're when you're checking out so they're using that $50 to buy more accessories from Samsung again kind of making it more relied on the ecosystem so we'll have to see how that goes oh man um oh okay so Brian says I still use an, a rooted LG V40 running Android 11 for uh for all my media devices it has a, uh, a direct control over the ESS uh, the QDAC this is the quad DAC that we have in there and the voltage uh and the voltage to the DAC uh, with a pair of Sennheiser 660s, um, is, and it sounds great. Absolutely. Yeah, the, again, it all comes down to um, you have to pick up the right. Like for me, the DD770s are really one of my favorite pairs of, of headphones to listen music to. Um, audio solutions are getting better. Samsung, uh, not Samsung, uh, Qualcomm Adaptive uh, Audio is getting better. LDAC is getting much better. And I feel like the solutions we're getting are getting better when it comes to wireless but it still doesn't match what we have when you go wired. Uh, some of the capabilities and some of the audio files, like especially if you listen to FLAC or um, like original mastered audio, you're you're not gonna get the same experience as wireless. Wired will always be better, even on your smartphone. Even if you're streaming the content, it still plays better on your headphones. It's, it's always gonna be that way. Uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, TK, uh, I think the other the other opinion is to buy a USB headphones, uh, a USB headphone DAC for Samsung phones. Uh, there's always going to be, yeah, and or I'm sure they'll have some solution for them uh, to be able to provide us that kind of experience there. Um, <laughs> uh, DTA says rumors has it that the iPhone 15 will be able to replace the human. <laughs> oh my God, uh, it'll be a monthly subscription for yeah, because it has to be monthly. The S25 will actually be able to re reanimate the dead. 15 Bitcoin annual fee. I love the subscriptions uh, model, uh, DTN. I seem like I think again you're you're following the right path there. That's the, those are the tea leaves. That's exactly what the predictions are. So iPhone 15 and uh, S25 are going to be the um, those are going to be the phones to have. Uh, I would say just skip what we have this year and then just go straight for that one. Uh, I love. Uh, hey man. I love it when I show up on my phone uh, on when when new videos get dropped. Um, yeah, no, no, I'm with you, Aditya. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll have to make sure to get the S25 and the iPhone 15. Um, let me see here. Da, da, da. I'm gonna start skipping a few guys. I'm just gonna try to skim through. 
Um, okay, here. Uh, Russ is asking, is TK... Uh, oh, sorry. May, may I ask if you're not streaming music, where you download high-quality music uh, listening file? So uh, there's uh, there are different services where you're able to buy the albums. The it's not necessarily directly bought. Um, it's like, I think it's like GarageBand, but it's not GarageBand. Let me see, bring up the app for you guys. It's an app that allows us to... Um, here. Uh... I think I oh maybe I installed it. okay I forgot there's a, there I use different applications to buy the albums I buy them in FLAC audio so it, it's buying the original audio straight off of the albums and most services like if you go to Amazon and so on you're also able to buy it at original so let's say download the original high quality audio uh, there are those are the some of the main services that I love using uh, you're also able to buy them off of title or so on so it's not an impossibility if you don't want to stream uh, but the biggest thing obviously is if you want to have access to a bigger collection, you want to go with something like Kobaz, or you want to go something with Amazon HD, or you want to go uh, with Tidal. YouTube Music, unfortunately, right now is not where it's at. It's not going to be, it's not a plan for YouTube to try to provide us high quality audio on a YouTube Music. They're trying to give you decent audio uh, and, of course, a much bigger access to a library. That's going to be their benefit. Kobaz, um, as well as uh, Tidal and Amazon HD are going to be where you want to get the, your higher quality audio. And I feel like for the price, Amazon may be the cheapest, but Kobaz may be the best experience. And Tidal feels like the best of both worlds, at a middle point for about 10 bucks a month. Um, okay, TK, four myths, <laughs> uh, four, four rhymes with, uh, with death in, uh, oh, in East Asian. Okay. That did not know. Okay, so I didn't ever. I knew it was an unlucky number. I didn't know that it's it rhymed with death. Uh, the word for sounds very similar to death. It's considered to be bad luck. Okay, so I appreciate. Thank you very much, Dominic, for clearing that up. Um, I I I also want to say maybe I knew this in the back of my mind from a long long time ago. I just couldn't recall it. But I remember it was basically it was it's a number that they just just don't use. And if it's a strong enough number, it's I would say almost. It's almost as as hard to find. Like if you ever go to hotels and you you go through the elevator, you notice there's no 13th floor. There are some hotels that don't like 13th floor because 13th floor are, are unlucky numbers again. So those are things. Again, don't get me wrong. Not having it called the 4X, the Find X4 Pro, uh, or is not going to change the experience. The Find X5 Pro will definitely do great. We just need to get hands on with it and see when when Oppo is going to be talking about it. Now the fact that we're seeing some leaks pretty much means we're going to see it soon. I mean, we're at the beginning of the year. The OnePlus 10 Pro is already launched. Uh, the, the Oppo Find X5 Pro should be coming up at some point in the near future. We know the S22 Ultra or the S22 series is going to be coming out very soon. Hopefully in, in March or so, we'll see the OnePlus 10 Pro coming to the US. Although, I don't know if it's going to be in February as opposed to March. It, it's a little bit of a weird approach having OnePlus release their phone in China first. This is a brand that typically releases their phone internationally at the same time, China and Europe and India and, and the US at the same time. So having the dual launch approach, I don't understand the reason behind that because that just takes away from some of the appeal that OnePlus did. There was no reason to release it. I mean, actually, I'll take it back. The only reason they probably wanted to do it this early in the year, they wanted to jump ahead of the Chinese New Year. So if you guys are not familiar with it, at the end of January, like in about a week or so, there's going to be the Chinese New Year. And that's a, a typically a holiday time in China where everything shuts down for about six to seven days. And when that happens, 
uh, it's harder to release things. So this is why we know there's no announcement in the first week of February. But again, it goes back to the whole OnePlus. Maybe that's what OnePlus is trying to do. They're trying to get go ahead of the uh, ahead of the uh, I guess the busy season or the the holiday time for them. Kind of like our Christmas is for us or most countries where it kind of shuts down between Christmas and New Year's. This is their version of it, and it's a very big event. So again, uh, looking forward to seeing there and celebrating it. We we do celebrate it in our home here. Uh, so it is definitely something uh, very interesting to see. Uh, let me see here. Google Pixel Foldable will sell better. Uh, okay, so uh, Ibrahim is saying is Google's Pixel Foldable will sell better with, uh, with uh, the Oppo and form factor uh, than the Samsung Fold form factor, in my opinion. Absolutely. You, know, you, you nailed it exactly for that right exact point. Samsung's approach to foldables so I want to jump real quick and just say something is during CES, I think um, E. Edabong from uh, Board at Work showcased, I think it was one of his videos on Instagram. There was a few different, um, uh, what is it called, form factors of foldables and rollables that Samsung showcased to a specific select few. And I'm assuming Edabong and a few other creators were there. But what I'm trying to say is that Samsung's focusing on this one folding experience for the last three years has, I think, probably reached its limit. There's a good chance that in 2022, the foldable smartphone from Samsung is going to change. But where we are right now, this is the right size for that form factor. For the form factor that opens out, it needs to be wider, not skinnier the way that uh, Samsung's been doing it. And when it opens, it has to resemble that form factor of a small tablet. This the That's just the right way. It may not fit every app correctly. And I think part of that is not necessarily the manufacturer's fault. It's more so also um, on what the developers are doing. They're still not trying to f support that form factor because the reality is there's such a small number of devices that are foldable on the market today that developers would much rather focus on the glowing rectangle situation. They know that most of us have these. So if they optimize for this, they're more likely to have better success and, of course, uh, be able to support their uh, development and move forward. So you know, it's something that we always have to kind of keep in mind. Mimin um, Rengloth, uh, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Hey, TK, might, uh, I have I've missed this, but do you think uh, OnePlus will grab the Find N and make it their own? So I actually, okay, so I said this to somebody, I don't remember uh, to whom. I actually think that's what's going to happen. So the Find N currently the way it is, it's supported or it's launched purely in China. So this is a Chinese edition phone, which sound weird to start 2022 and saying, I have two China only phones. Um, it is a China only phone. You're able to get services, obviously, you know, Google Play services and all of that. Nothing's not that big of a concern there. I actually feel like I think OnePlus will bring this to the international market because everything is already done. The hardware is already there. It's proven. It supports 5G. It has the 888. Um, and more than likely, if anything, basically, as far as market presence, it'd be a great way to jump into foldables. Um, Honor, uh, which is a, what used to be the sub-brand of Huawei, finally announced their Honor V-Series, now China only, but again, their first foldable on their brand. I think OnePlus, that's, this is the year for them to bring it. And this is the architecture to build on it. Even if they customize it, I still think this is the form factor. And I think, yes, OnePlus will bring it internationally. Oppo will keep it in China. And at the end of the day, uh, it's a BBK win because it's a BBK life anyways, right? Uh, maybe that's that's what I should do. I should make a shirt that says, you know, the BBK life. <laughs> you don't want to quote me on that, but I said it first. So if it is, please make sure to send me the royalty check to me. Um, uh, not smart glasses. 
let me see okay i'm jumping through some of the comments guys because i realize it's 10 23 my time uh, and uh, some of the comments are still in 10 10 so i'm like a little bit behind on this uh i see some conversations between aditya and somebody uh so yeah uh ibrahim is out shopping with the family that at the greg uh doing oh man such a oh Okay, so here, Brian, Brian's saying is 24-bit FLAC files sound great. Aptex HD beat a Bluetooth 5.2 does sound great. Yes, you need definitely to be able to get the quality on there. Uh, it, it, but again, it depends on the uh, on the player and the headphones. You have to remember, um, the, the audio files can be at a much higher quality experience, but if your player doesn't support them and then your headphones and your DAC doesn't support them and then your headphones, this is one of the things that makes audio listening to audio such an interesting approach. With wireless solutions, you're just using the Bluetooth that's built in. 5.2 Bluetooth, which we're more than likely going to see in 2022 more widely adopted, um, is going to be the better solution for not only providing a BLE, like Qualcomm is also putting Bluetooth LE technology focus on the 8 Gen 1. It's going to change the approach, but you have to kind of get the best solution. So uh, for me, like the Liberty 3 Pros for me are like literally one of my best earbuds to listen to outside of using something for Aptex HD. So if I'm using Aptex HD, uh, especially for, let's say, Qualcomm phones, those are going to be basically the master and dynamic one. Um, and those are going to be better for me as far as audio experience. So it depends on what you're using and invest a little bit in the headphones that you're buying. Uh, cheap headphones are great for quick listening and so on, but they're not going to treat your ears to that music candy uh, the way higher end earbuds will do or even higher end wired solutions that will do. Um, the Helm Bolt uh, as, a, as a portable DAC. Uh, sorry, let me just bring it out here because this I'm using these guys here as well. So the Helm Bolt for me is small, super portable. It even has a shorter cable. So here, it's a shorter cable than what we get with uh, the, uh, well, I mean, it's hard to buy the Razer one because I think it's no longer made, but uh, it's a very easy, very simple solution. Get your favorite wired buds uh, solution in here as well. You put them in and this is literally pocketable. I connect this to my PC. I connect it to my phone. It works just as good on any solution. And yeah, there's, there's no question. Uh, treat your ears, seriously. Uh, music is something that we've lived with ever since we were children. Our parents sang to us when we were kids. We grew up listening to music. We have some of our biggest experiences and memories tied to musical uh, music to the background. And we always forget that we need to be able to enjoy the music and not damage our ears when we're listening to it. So for sure, I'm with you, man. Uh, Abdul Isa, hey! <laughs> Abdul Isa, ahlan, ahlan. Uh, hope you're doing good. I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you in the chat for some time. Um, so, okay, I'm with you. On, uh, so uh, Simon is saying I'm always terrified of dropping. Absolutely, guys. Absolutely. Oh, sorry, I'm just playing with you games. My hand was like right there. Anyways, um, <laughs> did I lose anybody? Did, did I? Did, did I? Did I just cause any heart heart attacks? If I did, I'm sorry. I didn't. It was an intentional. Like just literally. Like I mean, you could probably see here. My hand is. Anyways, um, it's one of my biggest worries also with the Find N. It's, I just don't have a case for it. Um, in Vegas, when I was running with it the whole time, obviously I had it in my pocket and I was be able to use it, but I always made a conscious effort to use it in two hands when I open it, not one-handed, so that there isn't ever a situation where it drops. Because if it does drop, I have no way of fixing it and no way to protect it. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things, um, weird enough... The week, I think like three or four days after Juan got, or after Juan and I did the exchange, he got the case he ordered. And because I didn't, I told him I wasn't going to use it at CES, he never bothered sending me the case. So therefore, we haven't really done that. And now we're getting close to the uh, end of our, ex oops, end of our exchange. 
um, it is definitely something I, I really appreciate. Um, but uh, one thing I will say this much, um, and I do need to mention mostly because I just hit the microphone. Um, I will say thank you very much to Rode because a few weeks back they hooked it up with the Procaster here and I am absolutely in love with this microphone and it absolutely is one of the best podcasting mics that you can get um, with any solution, especially if it's mobile or anything like that, especially when I mean mobile, meaning mobile production, not mobile phones. Um, so thank you very much to Rode for that one. Um, and not to also forget uh, the uh, Extreme Skins guys over at uh, Extreme Skin. They dropped it over, gave me that really nice skin here for the uh, Xperia. Well, not just for that one, uh, for the Pixel 6 Pro, but also the Xperia 1 Mark III. Looks absolutely great. Uh, there's a link in the description if you guys would like to check them out. Great people, uh, great supporters of the channel. And Rode, uh, for the most part, has been uh, leveraging my audio solution for over a year now. And I've loved it every single time. Um, always, always great. Uh, going back to 16 by 9 aspect ratio is the way bringing it back uh, a lot of people love it love it love it uh, oh yes um, what the, oh crap yeah I didn't realize the time um, so it's about that time guys just to kind of give you guys a heads up um, the, the show usually typically runs about an hour an hour and a half roughly about an hour and a half or so um, and at, typically at around that time, we do this thing called the TKception, and it's a visual effect thing that we do on the show that enables us to kind of showcase some of the people obviously hanging out with us, kicking it with us, talking to us on a daily, and of course, having fun with us. Uh, but with that being said, uh, you probably already start seeing some comments in the chat uh, from, you know, like Chemi and so on. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and start summarizing, or it's like kind of recapping the show. Uh, but and again, if you, got, if you guys like to drop the hashtag TKception, it'll be a really good way for us to showcase you. Um, this week's show has been an interesting week. Uh, a couple of things kind of came out. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning, YouTube is just being YouTube and there's that course correction for the beginning of the year to kind of get us back in the, in the track. Um, the phone that I've been really waiting for forever, ever, even before Realme announced it, it's finally here. Because every, if, every phone that I've ever purchased, every phone that I've ever used reviews, I've always actually tried to make it into a Dragon Ball phone. This embodies it. This is literally the Dragon Ball phone that I've always wanted, and it just literally lives and now is part of my life. So for me, I'm very excited about this phone, and I'm very excited to be able to share that experience with that. There's a video that dropped on that one as well. Um, and of course, there was another video that I dropped on uh, some great camera and audio solutions from Anchor that was also dropped off on, on Monday. Uh, and the last one was in the S21 FE, which again is still of a, a little bit of a confusing experience for me at the end of this year. Uh, at the beginning of this year and end of last year, because again, it's supposed to have been a phone that came out last year. Um, and of course, the biggest thing obviously we're talking about is the S22 launch as well as the Tab S8 Ultra launch or the Tab S8 series launch that's going to be coming out. So look forward to it in the next couple of weeks. If you want to be able to save some money, if you're going to order it, be it in the US or other countries, just click the link in that description below and you'll be able to save 50 bucks. I think it just adds that to your to your checkout when you're when you're using it. And you don't actually have to do that. If you decide not to use that and go buy it from a store, nothing happens. There's nothing changes. It just shows interest to Samsung and tells them that people are interested. Um, and the last thing, obviously, is the Find X5 Pro and the OnePlus 10 Pro. Those phones, the lines between those two phones are going to get so blurry this year. Very, very blurry. We're seeing things from OnePlus going over to Oppo, and we're seeing a lot of things from Oppo going to OnePlus. But they're still kind of to a certain point holding some things to themselves. And I feel like, again, if there is going to be a phone in 2022 that is foldable from OnePlus, it's going to be a version of this. This is going to be the architecture to that. And I think that's what we're all going to be able to appreciate a little bit more. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring over and I'll go ahead and set it up on my side. Uh, and I'm going to say share 
now I can stop sharing. I guess I was sharing before and I didn't realize. Share screen. And we're going to hit the second one. And we're going to go right there. It's been doing it really, really good. Uh, so with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and take my first drink of water. I just saw uh, <laughs> Greg always, always reminds me. Uh, I'll say this, guys. Seriously, the, the live stream for me is a fun part of my week. It's an engaging conversation uh, part of my week where we get to talk. We get to have a conversation. We get to have comments, points of view, references, and all of that things happening at the same time together. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like it. Um, I like being on Juan's show on Mondays because I get a chance to see you guys in, engage and interact with him as well. And of course, on the best of our week with him on every Thursday is always going to be literally the best part of my week. Getting a chance to hang out with him as well is also a lot of fun. So with that being said, I want to say thank you very much to Chemi for hanging out with us, to Greg for reminding me to hydrate, hashtag TC Exception, uh, TKGT Neo <laughs> at Goku Bay. I love that one. He added an ad in the middle of that. TK Goku Bay, always, always appreciated there. Um, a lot of people are always, you know, great for hanging out with us. We have Finn Jacobs. Great. Always appreciate having you with us here on the chat every week. Uh, Greg, as always, of course, Simon says, Hypno, always fun to have you with us as well, sir. Uh, and yes, please make sure to mint it and print it and get that thing set up as well. Uh, you are absolutely right. Um, Ibrahim, Alan, Habibi, Alan, uh, TKception, TK out shopping, uh, hashtag me on the moves, hashtagception. I love that he incorporated that in there as well. Uh, and I hope, again, Davin, if you do pick up the Pixel 6, best of luck. And I would love for you to sh maybe post some pictures. We'll love, be able to, you know, uh, love to interact with you on those as well. Um, ER, as always, thank you very much. Mr. Aditya, uh, the Mr. Cumberbatch of our channel. I always introduce him as that. TKception, TKR Bay, TK Super Saiyan Bay, TK Making connect <laughs> Connections with Road Bay. Um, it, it is something that I always appreciate, but I always know, yeah, typically we don't talk about Great audio is a great part of our how we, we perceive life and how we watch. Some people will watch content that looks bad, but the audio sounds good. So that's how much we want to be able and we rely on audio. Um, and of course, everybody hanging out with us again. Uh, Chemi in there coming back with another one. TK Dragon Ball Bay. <laughs> TK Goku Bay. Dominic Juan, thank you very much. And I appreciate you explaining to me the number four uh, connection. I forgot about the uh, the connection with the way that the, the word is pronounced in Chinese. It's different than uh, where we think of it as just it's a number, right? So definitely very much. Thank you. Uh, TK Exception, TK Arab Bay, TK Android Bay. Um, and yeah, I, I'm... I'm finally getting the groove of the Android Bay now. Um, and it's not so much a more of a, a difference. It's literally our new playground where we get a chance to hang out. Uh, so TKception, TK performance find that form factor. Uh, thank you, Russ. Always, always thank you very much. Uh, and guys, please, as always, as Chemi's kind of kicking it, us, uh, kicking it up for us here, uh, I would love it if you can uh, like and subscribe to the uh, to this channel. If you're new to the channel, you haven't seen the show before. Uh, this is the Android. This is the uh, the podcast version of my show, uh, and typically just the con continuation of the conversation that we have every week. Uh, the show this week was uh, pretty much focused on rumors and information coming up in the near future, but I'm sure at some point, very much in the near future, we'll be able to showcase some of that hardware and talk about how things are going. Um, MWC is going to be coming up very, very quick. January is literally almost done. So for that matter, I would say um, just be safe, stay safe. Um, the current situation is is hopefully calming down. We'll have to see how things go. Uh, and the latest variant seems to be a little bit more. Um, it, it's a little, it goes around much faster. Let's just say that, um, at least for my experience. But at the end of the day, what I would say is uh, be safe, stay safe. 
get in touch with somebody that you haven't touched, talked to for some time. I found out so much more about talking to people over the holidays. Meeting some people at CES was also the biggest part. I got a chance to see Rolando, Adam, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, Josh Quinones, as you always, we always kind of hang out together. But I actually got a chance to meet a lot of creators that I typically wouldn't have seen before. Edabon, Jaime, um, Josh, Isa, so many people that I got a chance to see. And I think that was my favorite part of CES. The tech was great. The content was great. But it's those people connections that make the best conversation. So with that being said, I'll see you guys next week for another episode of the Android Bay. I did mention on Thursday that I'm working on a giveaway. So hopefully next next Sunday, next Saturday, I'll be able to announce it a little bit more. I don't have my my mind wrapped, on, wrapped around that yet. Um, I actually announced it on Thursday, literally in the spur of the moment for the GT Neo 2 that I have. Not the Dragon Ball, obviously the green edition one. Um, so I need to figure out a good way for us to interact on that one and, uh, and set it up. So keep it here. Like and subscribe as usual. I'll see you in the next video. Bye-bye for now.